the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back because we have to be. It's hour two of the show. And it's so good to have you here. 606. Quick check of the weather down to 57 degrees. What a day it was. At one point coming down I-70 from the mountains, the car temperature reported in at 70 degrees today. And uh, we're going steadily down from that. High tomorrow, 54. Monday, 51. I guess we get up to 58 on Wednesday before we get down into the 40s. Uh, and not as great a weekend next weekend. That's the long-term forecast right now. Of course, that is subject to change, oh, probably in about five minutes. That's just the nature of weather. But it's good to have you here. We've got full lines. Our phone number when somebody drops off is 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Before we jump back to the phones, Donald Trump still on stage at the Virginia Get Out the Vote rally after just knocking him dead in New Hampshire and then uh, winning caucuses in Missouri, Michigan, and Idaho today, all in advance of Super Tuesday. But let's just dip in with Donald Trump for one minute, and then we'll get back to work with you guys. We've got a Federal Bureau of Investigation that won't allow bad election-changing facts to be presented to the public, and which offers $1 million to a writer of fiction about Donald Trump to lie and say it was fact where Hunter Biden's laptop from hell was Russian disinformation and the FBI knew it wasn't. But 51 intelligence agents said it was. And a Department of Justice that refuses to investigate egregious acts of voting irregularities and fraud. And we have a man who is totally corrupt and the worst president in the history of our country, who is cognitively impaired, in no condition to lead, and is now in charge of dealing with Russia and possible nuclear war, which would be World War III and far more devastating than any of the previous world wars because of the weaponry that no one even wants to think about. We are a nation. All right, let's pull out of there. I I was thinking when that music starts to play, that means Donald Trump is wrapping up. I thought we might get a grand conclusion there. But with full lines, we need to get back to work before we go to the phones. Though one more thing I've got to say, and this was a wonderful reminder from a text texter on the 710 KNUS text to studio app. Randy, hope you will mention the recent murder of UGA female nursing student Lakin Riley. By Jose Ibarra, illegal alien from Venezuela. Thank you. I'm a longtime appreciative listener and direct descendant of a Mayflower pilgrim. Joyce, thank you for the reminder because isn't it true? There's so much that happens every single day. And, you know, you could just run through the headlines and and start talking about a particular topic and miss 20 other things that are incredibly important. But when an American citizen is slaughtered by an illegal and you think back to the George Floyd funeral, a violent criminal, someone who was, I don't remember if convicted, but accused of sexual assault, convicted of armed robberies, 
held knives to women's throats and their children and it just on and on who dies according to the coroner of an overdose of drugs cops sitting in prison now for potentially decades if he doesn't have a successful appeal but whatever you believe about George Floyd the criminal his funeral was internationally televised top Hollywood celebrities and politicians showed up we had creepy sleepy showers with daughter Joe Biden getting down on his knees in a mask in, in memorial to George Floyd, we had Nancy Stretch Pelosi get down on her knees, had to get helped up. In memorial, in memoriam to George Floyd, Lakin Riley's funeral was yesterday. Did you hear about it? Did you see it on TV? Has Donald, I'm sorry, Donald Trump has talked about her. Has Joe Biden talked about her. I don't know. I I mean, who could possibly listen to everything Joe Biden tries to mumble through? But the contrasts are immense. We are a sick society. And the one thing that's in our power to do is to vote out the criminal who's in the White House, not that he's likely to be the nominee by the time we get there, but vote out the open border, left-wing, socialist-loving, communist crazies who are primarily in control of the Democrat Party every chance you get. That's the one thing that you and I can do as an American citizen. And don't be afraid to call it out. Don't be afraid to push back. Don't be afraid to show up. We have to do at least that much. So, so very important. All right, with that, let's jump to the phones with Jack in Evergreen. He's been holding the longest, then Jim and Nancy. Jack, welcome back to the show. Yeah, Randy, I listened to your two callers, and I listened to Brian about term limits, and then I listened to your engineer, Alan, and I've got a little bit to, to point out as to what Alan, who's obviously a smart man, but he's missing the point, and I know I'm going to be a little longer than I usually am, but the purpose of term limits is to let these people know when they get in Congress, they can't ride the gravy train forever like Pelosi and the rest of them have. That's the point of it. Now, 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 Alan points out that that basically the, the re-election process is the term living vehicle, which is similar to the British uh, vote of confidence issue. But the point of the matter is that has proven to be ineffective. And I'll argue with anybody that says it is effective. And the same thing with judge point, appointment ships that are voted on. So what I would say is I go with what Brian has to say, and I'm going to say Engineer Allen's argument is is well stated. I understand what he said, but it doesn't work. It's proven it doesn't work. And then I've got something a little more lighthearted and creative, if I can offer that for a few seconds. Before the lightheartedness, Jack, what, what did you think about my comment? And I ran out of time with Allen to really go into it much deeper than, yeah. than him, with him. But um, that the fact that this government wasn't set up for career politicians. No. It's not what the founders had in mind. No. No. It was voluntary service, basically, at that point. Yeah. 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 Kind of like serving on the Republican National Committee, I might add. (laughs) The expensive, indentured voluntary (laughs) service. A thankless job. (laughs) A thankless job. I wouldn't do it. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Lay it on us. We need some lightness. Okay, here's the lighthearted thing. I was thinking the other day when I was driving down the road, how in the world did we get here? 
And I got to thinking, and being a his, kind of a historian like Boyle's, is, it was 1954-1955 when Jonas Salk came up with the, the vaccine for polio that eradicated polio, okay? Yeah. Okay, now, have, had Jonas Salk come up with a vaccine that eradicated stupidity, <laughs> then that would have been the end of the Democrat Party right there. <laughs> How do you like that one? Oh, man. I, I wish there was a vaccine for being dumb. That, that would solve <laughs> a lot of the world's problems, that's for sure. That's the problem right there. That's the problem right there. Hey, I'm glad you're doing better. You know, I'm now, I, I'm getting now to where I can sleep maybe three, four hours a night after two years. You know, it's just I'm not getting through it like you are. Yeah. Okay. Well, Thanks, just man. for people who don't know, Jack lost his wife a couple of years ago. So, um, And I, of course, commiserated with him at that time. But you just... You can't possibly understand it until you're living in it, can you, Jack? It's a different world. And your support system are your lifelong friends and your children. My two sons, I didn't call, I don't think, twice a year on the phone. Now I talk to them each at least two times a week. And all my friends from New York are calling me up. And all their kids haven't worked for three months back there in the big construction unions. And they want to move out here. They want my advice on that. The whole, New York is absolutely cratering. All right, man. Oh, a topic for another day, but Jack, uh, you hang in there, my friend, and, and God bless. Good night. Good, good. All right, Jack's line is open, 303-696-1971, 696-1971. Let's see. Oh, our old pal Weston is on the line. Weston. Uh, let's bring Weston on. Weston, I, let's tune in. Let's dip back into the Trump rally. I guess he wasn't quite done and see where he's at in his wrap-up. Great again. Ah. Thank you, Virginia. God bless you. God bless you, Virginia. Get out and vote. Thank you. God bless you all. <laughs> that must have been an hour and 20 or more. I think it started at actually at 4 o'clock. Well, I don't know when he went on stage. So we tapped in at 5. It's uh, 6.15. Uh, the man is just an energizer. An, man, come on, mouth. Is an energizer bunny on steroids and nuclear power. That's that's about the best way I can describe it. But uh, speaking of another Energizer bunny who never seems to wind down, Weston Eimer is with us. His mother is running for Republican National Committee woman. That election is at the Colorado State Assembly on April the 6th. And apparently you and your mom have a big event coming up on Tuesday, Weston. Tell us about it. We do, and uh, you know what, what you were saying about Trump is exactly right. Energizer Bunny, and and all I can say is he's exactly right. Hold on, I'm coming. You know he's on his way, and we he can't get here fast enough. But um, so yes, Tuesday, uh, as most of you know, and I hope you do, uh, Tuesday is Super Tuesday. We have primaries going on, and I believe twelve or fourteen states, something like that. Sixteen uh, and uh, and American Samoa. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well. 17 total, right? Yep. So we are having a victory party uh, to celebrate President Trump's massive victories across those 17 primaries uh, on Tuesday night, starting at 6.30 p.m. at Wide Open Saloon in Sedalia. Uh, we are charging for tickets just to cover costs for the event. Uh, every ticket comes with a free drink coupon. You can use it for alcohol or for a regular drink, whatever you want to do. Uh, but tickets start at just $15, and we offer, you know, VIP package where you get war room access. We also have uh, tables that you can purchase that give you five tickets and, like, sponsorship ability and all sorts of stuff like that. 
so the tickets are at imerforcolorado.com, and that's I-M-E-R-F-O-R, Colorado.com. Uh, Laurel was proud to get the endorsement of Turning Point Action and our very own Randy Corcoran last week. Uh, so, you know, make sure you, you come out and join us and party. We got State Representative Brandy Bradley speaking there uh, that evening and hopefully a couple more as well. Very good, Weston. And, uh, it, you know, I just love the wide open. I, uh, the owner is a, has become a friend of mine. We got to know each other during COVID. He did such a magnificent job of keeping that massive restaurant and bar facility that he's got there in Sedalia going every single day. And as a biker, um, you know, we, we rendezvous there all the time. If we're on rides down south into the mountains or whatever, um, I know some folks who are uh, going out there tonight for, I guess, dinner and dancing and that sort of thing. So wide open will be a lot of fun. Super Tuesday is going to be extraordinary. Some 800 delegates up for grabs, 865 Republican delegates up for grabs on Super Tuesday. I guess, uh, you know, you're a young guy, but you're very politically savvy. Will Nikki Haley finally get the message, or is she hanging on hoping that Donald Trump is going to be taken down by this lawfare? You know, I mean, I think that her campaign is hopeful that they will see some type of path to victory come to fruition on Super Tuesday. And I, if, I said this months ago. I'd like to know what Nikki Haley's political team is smoking, because whatever it is is really, really good, and it takes away all common sense. Um, so, you know, I think that she's going to have no choice but to drop out. But, you know, I've been hearing rumors that, you know, she's just in there to try and get a brokered convention because the delegates are only bound for the two, first two votes and just all this stuff, you know, coming out. But, I mean, I think she has to get the message. I mean, my generation, Gen Z, and, you know, as you know, I serve on the Youth Advisory Council for the RNC. And, you know, my generation is all in for President Trump. You know, you put it best. He's the energizer bunny. And my generation resonates with that. We resonate with the message. We resonate with his economic policies just simply because our lives were better four years ago. You know, my generation, we don't have a life savings to fall back on to help us cover costs right now. And when you see what President Trump's policies did for us when we were you know, too young to vote, but we're all in the workforce and trying to survive, we were prospering. And now we are struggling beyond belief. And I think that Nikki Haley, you know, she's just in this and as to try and hold on to the last breaths of the Never Trump movement. And I think it's been very clear that the Never Trump movement is not as strong as it used to be and that it is, in fact, dying off. So I think she'll get the message. I think she'll suspend her campaign. Whether it happens on Tuesday is another question, but I think she's on her way out the door finally. Weston, I appreciate you checking in and letting us know about your mom's event at the Wide Open Saloon Tuesday night for Super Tuesday. What's the website once more? Yep, imerforcolorado.com, I-M-E-R-F-O-R, colorado.com. And then it's super easy if you do, do slash events. It takes you right to it. Um, and as said, tickets start at $15. Everybody gets a free beverage, whether that's booze or, or non-alcohol. Um, and we'd love to have everybody out there. 
come here from Brandy Bradley, our state representative, fighting for you know our our conservative yep. values down at the Capitol. Got to go, buddy. But uh, but great Thank job. You. Thank you very much. I know I'll see you soon. Okay, let's um, let's do this. We're going to change topics on the other side of this break with Jim, who wants to talk about the abortion issue. I've got some incredible audio you need to hear. So let's just push this break a little bit so we can bring Nancy in, and we'll wrap up our conversation about term limits with Nancy and Aurora. Welcome to the show. Huh? Are you there? Hello. How Hello. You doing, Randy? I'm doing all right. Oh, no, I want Nancy, not Jim. This Jim, is Nancy. You... Oh, now we lost Jim. <laughs> all right. Hello. Hey, Nancy. We got you. Hi. Well, talk about term limits. Yeah. Yeah. Now you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, turn it off. Turn it off. There we go. All right. We got neither Nancy or Jim, so we're going to take our break right now. We'll get back to the phones, and I've got some amazing audio that you must hear on uh, not only the abortion issue, it'll really break your heart, but this Blaze reporter who was put in uh, belly chains and ankle bracelets and arrested by the FBI for being inside the Capitol on January 6th, but the videotape that you can see shows him simply being in there and doing his job. So all that's ahead. All you got to do is stay right there on 710-KNUS. Almost the 1970s, 1969, Steppenwolf, Get Your Motor Running, a cruising song indeed. And uh, that always returns me to my hot rod days. Loud cars, windows down. Yeah, cigarette hanging out of my mouth, hand draped over the wheel, jamming gears, causing trouble. It does remind me. Ah, there was a youth, a wasted, spent youth, but uh, youth nonetheless. Anyway, welcome back. So much going on tonight. And um, we got Jim back. Nancy, uh, after our our uh, little phone hiccup there, if you want to call back in and f- make your point on term limits, you are certainly more than welcome, but we're going to change topics now. We'll get to Jim here in just a minute and talk about the abortion issue. I've got some audio that um, it's hard to hear, but you must hear it, and I hope you'll stick around and do that. But before we do that, I mentioned, and in fact, interestingly enough, in my promo, the uh, I assume it played today, maybe yesterday. I don't know when all it plays. I, I didn't hear it, but um, I said that... Um, you know, Lauren Boebert, another family nightmare with uh, this these serious criminal charges against her oldest son. And is it time for her to hang it up? Well, I got the answer. Uh, the answer is pretty clear uh, that that's not going to happen because Lauren Boebert tweeted out, it's my honor to have the endorsement of the greatest president our country has ever known, Donald J. Trump. It will be such a privilege to work alongside him in 2024 to deliver results for Colorado and get the entire country back on track. And um, here's what Donald Trump said about Lauren Boebert in his post on Truth Social, his alternative to Twitter slash X. 
Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is a proven conservative and effective leader who delivers for Colorado and our America First agenda. She has led the fight to impeach Joe Biden, stop illegal immigration, defend the Second Amendment, protect our wonderful ranchers and farmers, support our military and veterans, secure our natural resources to pursue energy dominance, and stand up to the radical Democrats who want to destroy our beautiful country. And listen... Who can argue with that? Congresswoman Lauren Boebert is a trusted America first fighter and has my complete and total endorsement for Colorado's 4th Congressional District. Does that put Lauren Boebert over the top? I mean, she was clearly the hands-on favorite in CD4, even when she moved over there. Just if you assess it from personality, uh, people who know her, name recognition, and money. You know, she came in with a war chest and the other nine, 10, 11 candidates, whatever the numbers up to or down to now, uh, you know, you, they can't compete with that. And so I've been watching and, and many of you know, if you listen to the show, Lauren Boebert's been on this show many times. She and I go back to before she ran for Congress. And um, and so I've always considered her a friend. We've talked honestly about some of the situations that she's gotten herself into and uh, and the problems, the family problems with the husband and the divorce and just all of it. Is it too much? And then when one of your children gets himself into what appear to be very serious uh, charges and a serious circumstance, you know, do you step back and say, man, I got to get a handle on family? And it's easy to say, yeah, yeah, maybe you do. On the other hand, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know how much, uh, what the causes were for, uh, or even, you know, person's innocent until proven guilty. But assuming where there's smoke with fire, where there's smoke, there's fire, uh, she, she votes well. She gets out in front. She punches the radical left in the mouth. She is nonstop. She has backed Donald Trump on the most important plays of his presidency. And she has been effective. So do these personal travails that have come up or potentially the need for her to focus more on her family right now, is that enough to say we don't want a Lauren Boebert winning CD4? I mean, let's face it, whoever wins the Republican primary in CD4 is going to be the congressman from CD4. That is a safe Republican seat. And there are good conservatives out there. Our friend and, and former radio host here at 710, Deb Flora, is running. My good friend, a regular guest on this show, Ted Harvey, a movement conservative, is running. Richard Holtor. I mean, there's, there's a list of good people running for this seat. But with a big name like Lauren Boebert and now Donald Trump's endorsement, can Will she do it? Can anybody else take it away from her? Really good question. And uh, I guess we will, we are not going to know for a while. Our primary is not until June. So a lot of time to see how this plays out. But one thing I will tell you, the, the activists in CD4 are very serious about their politics and about their politicians. And in straw polls and in debates, Lauren Boebert has been coming in third at best fourth and fifth sometimes. So people are looking at 
the fact that she left CD4. They're looking at the fact that she, you know, got involved in the hanky panky down at the Buell Theater, and now these family issues with her. I don't know if they're divorced yet, ex or soon to be ex husband and her son, and uh, and they also have other quality candidates to look at. So it's hard for me to believe that it's going to be a cakewalk for her. But I happy to hear what you think at 303-696-1971. I think the Trump endorsement is very, very big in CD4 and will help Lauren Boebert a lot. All right. We're going to change our topic. Uh, It's timely that Jim would call in to talk about our next subject, which is abortion, because I've got some audio that will play after our conversation with Jim that you absolutely must hear. It's painful. It's disgusting reminds you of just how brutal these procedures are uh, but we must hear it we must share it and we must keep pushing back jim thanks for waiting and then calling back in really do appreciate it welcome to the show uh, good evening randy how are you doing doing all right so my i'm i'm going off of it i have a friend that's uh he's in missouri he's pretty high in the republican party out there and we chat every so often and he ha- he's in the uh, in, in part of uh, what is driving people to the polls, and out there, the number one top, the number one issue for women from twenty to fifty is abortion. And he said, "It's all these red waves we were so supposed to happen didn't happen, and this was the reason." He said, "It's primarily because of abortion." The women are voting solidly Democrat because of the abortion. And uh, I just fear that this election is going to be won. The Democrats are so much smarter than Republicans when it comes to this stuff. And I just am afraid they're going to make it the abortion issue. And uh, there's nothing the Republicans can do about it. I think it's it's an albatross around the Republican Party. Do you you think... Do you think, Jim, these middle-aged women believe there should be no limits on abortion? I, You know what? I, when you get down and you drill into it, they probably do. But at this point, this is a right that they see that has been taken away, and they are just basically voting Democrat because it upsets them so much. It upsets them. And then you've got this Alabama rule that just came on out, and this just shows you the silliness of things, this whole thing of the IVF now, you know, and uh, – you know, regardless of how you feel, now they've, they've stopped off that, all that in Alabama as a result. All, you have all these issues coming up. Believe me, the Democrats are a party of marketing. They've done it. And all these red waves we were supposed to happen with all the problems going on, they never happened. They never happened. I just fear that, unfortunately, the Democrats have a way of positioning this, and it's, it's going to happen. I, I mean, I just can't believe it, but if they're able to get this as to be the sole top issue, one of the big issues. I just don't think the Republicans will have a chance. I, he says from his side, what he sees these women are just not going to, and a lot of them are independent, and some of them are even Republicans, and they're just so upset about it. I mean, you can't get, I mean, the women that listen to your station are not the women he was referring to. These are actually a lot of independent, you know, ones, and they're just not going they're just not going to vote for Republican because of this issue. I don't know how we can get them back, but if we lose the women vote, we lose this election. Well, I think there's a, a host of ways to get them back. Number one is to explain to them that, that they haven't lost a right 
individual states now have the ability to follow the lead of their voters mm. and their legislature following mm. the lead of their voters to decide what, if any, restrictions there are on abortion. Um, obviously, Colorado permits abortion right up till the moment of birth, you know, just zip it out the birth canal and right into the sink. And um, many of these 20 to 50s that you're talking about are moms or grandmas to be uh, who have kids in school who are, you know, being told to keep their gender confusion away from their parents. The teachers in the schools are helping them dodge the gender confusion or helping them, you know, not report what they claim to be going through, and I think a lot of that is confusion that's stoked in the schools, uh, and they want to cut off body parts and give hormones and take kids away from parents. And so we've got issues to counter the abortion issue, but I think the most important thing to do with regard to the abortion issue is continue to educate people about it. Number one, what the overturning of Roe v. Wade actually met meant. Number two, how extreme Democrats are on this particular issue and number three, how brutal and violent it is, even at, you know, 10 or 15 weeks, uh, what's actually being done to these little developing human beings inside people's bodies. We've got to change hearts and minds. Uh, but the other, other thing that is often missing in these elections, Jim, is conservative Christians, fun, uh, evangelical Christians. The church is not getting out to vote. So I think rather than backing away from the fundamental life issue, what Republicans ought to do is work harder on getting people of faith engaged and turning out their votes and quit allowing the Democrats to, you know, uh, create the narrative that Republicans are trying to get inside your body and Republicans are trying to tell you and your doctor what you have to do and instead explain to them that people of good conscience who believe that life is a gift from God and that every life is to be defended under our Constitution are fighting for that right. But there were, there were not for, you know, there's no national mandate right now that says you can't go get an abortion if you want one. And I guess we've lost Jim, but Jim, I appreciate it. And uh, it's a great tee up for this audio from Senator John Kennedy. And I know we're near the break, but let's go ahead and play this. We'll talk about it more on the other side. Senator John Kennedy, uh, just a day or two ago. Let's take a baby at 21 weeks. Hold up, Mark. This is a baby at 21 weeks, okay? Um, the baby can feel pain, right? Yes. And the baby's pretty developed, right? Yes. And... Do you know the name of the procedure that the doctor would use to abort that baby at 21 weeks? I'm not a doctor, but I believe it's a DNR. It's called dilation and evacuation. Is that right? As far as I understand, yeah. Yeah. And first, uh, the doctor would, would, would dilate um, the cervix, and then the doctor would take what's called a – the doctor would call it a sofa clamp. It's really a pair of pliers with sharp teeth on the end. And without giving the baby any pain medication, the doctor would go through the vagina, through the uterus, and start tearing the baby apart. Is that right? As far as I understand the procedure. Yeah, and she might start with the legs and pull them out and the arms and pull them out, right? And then she might go for the, for the heart or the spine and just pull the baby out piece by piece. Is that right? without giving the baby pain medication. 
that's what I understand the procedure to be. Okay. Yeah, just think about that. And that doesn't even begin to touch the brutality of partial birth abortion, where a medical professional, someone who swore the Hippocratic Oath, will bring a baby's body out of the birth canal and then before the head emerges, at which time it would gain all of its natural rights as a human being and a citizen born here in the United States of America, before it gets that last bit of body out, a pair of basically scissors is inserted into the back of the neck to sever the spine and end the life. That's a partial birth abortion. Legal in Colorado, legal in multiple states. So we can't back away from this issue. And, you know, from a political standpoint, I understand that people are going to argue that, you know, a vast majority of Americans, and this includes the 20 to 50 year old, you know, suburban moms and women that uh, the Jim was talking about. They believe in some limit on abortion. They don't believe in Colorado's birth canal to trash can rule. They don't believe in partial birth abortions or this graphic procedure that Senator John Kennedy was talking about, where at 20 weeks, someone basically reaches in with a pair of pliers and starts ripping parts off of this developing baby inside of the womb and then you know, has to dismember the head. I mean, it's, it's beyond grotesque and we cover it in, you know, soft sounding words like a woman's right to choose. And, and on our side, we defend life. But what we're really doing is opposing brutality and pain and suffering and murder of living human beings, not fully developed, but in some cases, able to live outside the womb on their own, capable of surviving and being normal and developing uh, fully energized and activated human beings f to lead full lives. And we're just sniffing them out. So I understand it's an issue. I understand it's a problem. I understand that there are going to be some people who will blame the Republicans and the Supreme Court when all they did was overturn a ridiculously decided, just ask liberal Democrat Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of the furthest left Supreme Court justices we'd ever had up until recently. Very smart, though. And she said Roe v. Wade was horrible constitutional law. So don't back away from the argument. Engage in the argument. And if we go down at an election because we're defending life, so be it. Do we need to get better at it? Yes. Do absolutists like me who would prefer that, you know, abortion just simply not occur? Do we have to understand that in a political environment we can save tens of thousands of lives by instead of promoting a ban, promoting limitations six weeks 10 weeks even 15 weeks still saves thousands of babies it's a step democrats understand incrementalism democrats understand advancing a political agenda one bite at a time and then when they're in full power they jam it ahead so that when republicans gain power back they never pull it all the way back it's a brilliant it's called the ratchet effect they're good at it. 
but we cannot back away from this fundamental issue. And I know we're way late. You got to just hear the last minute of this uh, clip. But then you got to get the head out. The baby's dead, but maybe not. Maybe it's still in pain. But then you you got to get the head out. And even with the cervix dilated, you got to get the head out, which is hard. So then the doctor would go in and 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 use those pliers to crush the baby's head. Is that right? As far as under- and then she'd pull the head out, the crushed skull out, right? Mm-hmm. Senator Kennedy, your time has expired here. Well, you gave, you gave the others waiting. plenty of time, Mr. Chairman. Just letting you know your time's expired. Okay. You have other senators waiting. Well, you also, I was waiting when you were letting others. You, I'm sorry you don't want to hear about what happened no, in an actual going, abortion, I but that's, I thought over. that was what we were here to talk about. No one else has gone over. Some of the witnesses went a little bit long, but on both sides. So I thought we were I'm here about protecting that. mothers and killing babies. I'm going to turn to Senator Stabenow. And well, I'm sorry Phillips. you I'm don't want to hear it. had to take like place in front of you. Roster here. My apologies. <sighs> yeah, well, I, I know that it's true that they don't want to hear it. And you probably don't want to hear that we have to take a break. We'll get back to the phones. We can talk about abortion. There's a petition circulating that you need to know about. Another effort to get a powerful initiative on our ballot here in Colorado. We'll get to all that. More of your calls. 303-696-1971. Wake up with Randy Corcoran. 710 KNUS. (laughs) I love that line. You're so condescending. Your gall is never-ending. Twisted sister... 1984, we're not going to take it. That used to be a regularly played theme song on Wake Up with Randy Corcoran. Uh, so maybe we're going to work that back into the rotation more often now that I'm sort of getting my my mojo back and getting ready for this fight. And so before we jump back to the phones, a couple of callers want to weigh in on the abortion issue. A um, couple of things. A lot of text messages have come in. Hi, Randy. Any updates on Ronna stepping down? Ronna McDaniel, chair of the Republican National Committee. And yes, she's done. She has announced uh, we are actually meeting in Houston this week, and it's a spring training, and um, we will be voting on new Republican leadership. My prediction, the former North Carolina chairman, now general counsel for the RNC, Michael Watley, has Donald Trump's endorsement, so he is likely to become the chair, and Laura Trump is likely to become the co-chair. She's announced her candidacy candidacy for that. I don't see anybody um, defeating them, but I, I just don't know who else is running. I haven't heard from anybody else yet. And, of course, I am the national committee man from Colorado, so um, I get those emails and those contacts from folks when they go out. So seems like a done deal to me. But, yes, Rana, regardless, will no longer be the RNC chair after this spring training meeting, which ends on Friday, I think that is March the 7th, maybe. And uh, so, yeah, big changes are coming. And that reminds me, and Tim wrote in on the text to studio, uh, I mentioned in the first hour that I had attended and spoken to the Denver GOP group, a really activated group. It was a wonderful breakfast meeting at their first Friday event yesterday. Uh, where I announced for the first time that I had made my decision on Republican National Committee and I will be running for a second term. So, um, Tim, that answers your question. I was going to mention that in the first hour. And, of course, as usual, I just blow right through. Uh, But I am going to run to do this again. I, I just feel like now is not the time to step down 
or open up the seat for a possible rhino takeover, et cetera, et cetera. So with that, let's get back to the phones. Joan patiently waiting in Lakewood uh, with some important information on abortion and something you can do about it here in Colorado. Joan, welcome. Joan, do Hi, we? Randy, there you are. First Hi. Of all. Okay. Hi. Gotcha. First gotcha. of all, I want to say I am so grateful that you are running again. Let me be the first person to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I think that um, you are a great um, representative of Colorado, and I'm glad that you're going to continue that role. Well, thank you, Joan. And while, while we're on that topic for just half a second, one of the reasons I felt like I finally had to make the decision is that this rumor kept going around, and it was being perpetrated by people who I'd talked to directly and said that's not going to happen, that somehow I was going to wait until April, show up on stage, announce that I'm not going to run again, and then try and promote somebody else. And I just couldn't let that lie go on any longer. It, it really infuriated me. So... And then, you know, most people who know my, my sad story, I've been following the advice of people who say when you lose a spouse, when you have a traumatic event, don't make a major decision for a year. So, you know, I've just been trying to get my head back together, my heart back together before I commit to a four-year gig. Um, but the time was now, and I did it. And, and thank you for your support. I actually got a round of applause from the Denver GOP when I announced it as well. So that made me feel really good. But you called in for something else, and we've only got a couple of minutes. So I was at a um, grocery store, and this young woman approached me, and she said, would you like to sign my petition for women's rights? And I went, what women's rights? Well, you know, pro-choice. And I'm like, well, tell me a little bit more about this petition. And it's actually they're wanting to petition on um, something to codify our radical left um, abortion thing into the Constitution. And so they're out there. So I asked her a few more questions. And then I said, so do you know that there are women out there who have been through this procedure and are scarred and have PT?" DTS and and aren't um, and have to go to meetings and and talk with people who've been through this experience, and she had no idea that there were groups out there like that. And then I said, "So, do you have a sister?" And she said, um, "Yes." And I said, "So, how would you feel if your mother said, um, I'm just going to abort this one because I want a boy.'" And her eyes got really big, and she was like, nobody says that. And I'm like, you'd be really surprised the reason why people have abortions. And then I asked her something else, and then I said, I've got to go shopping. And I went in the store, and when I came out, she was gone. Fascinating. Well, I hope you got her thinking. I hope you provided a little conviction for her. And uh, I was unaware of this petition drive to... um, memorialize in our Constitution the right to suck a baby into the sink right out of the birth canal, but we have got to keep fighting. Uh, Regardless of what Jim thinks or the 20 to 50-year-old women, how they're going to respond to us, this is not a battle we can let up on. And, Joan, I've got the music. Thank you very much for the call and the hearty congratulations. Have a great rest of your weekend. You too, Randy. Thanks. All right. Final hours ahead. Lines are full. Jones line will open 303-696-1971. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.